Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I'm Lisa Fernandes and... I am Chris Jaiwardna. You sure are. And happy Christmas, everyone. I know it's early. I know you're already tired of it. But it's Christmas on the Vern Chili this week. We're reviewing Christmas at the Booby Hatch slash Oh, Hear the Angels' Voices. It's got two different titles. Uh, DVD lists both. Uh, Wikipedia lists both. It's... Depends on what your cable guide will say to determine what the heck this episode is titled. It's a total crapshoot, and it's, it's, it's Schrodinger's episode. It's one. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, it's one or the other. Sometimes both. Sometimes neither. And sometimes it doesn't even exist at all. But <laughs> <laughs> this is the show's first Christmas episode. It was written by David W. Duclon, and it was directed by Howard Storm. And we've talked about both these fellows before. I don't know if Chris has any new facts about them. I mean, the only thing is, when looking a little further into David Duclon, um, man, this guy created a lot of TV shows during the 80s, including Double Trouble, Punky Brewster, Silver Spoons, and Boys Will Be Boys. Oh. Punky Brewster. I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Ooh, this is new every day. Okay, this is what the episode is about. Carmen enlists the entire gang to perform a holiday show at a hospital on Christmas Eve. But none of them know that until they show up that they will be performing at a mental hospital. Shirley is initially frightened by the notion of performing for the patients due to a poor experience with her Aunt Mary Margaret's mental health, and her parents subsequently vowing to lock her up when she was back. May takes a pep talk from one of the patients to make her realize that people with emotional troubles are people too. What do you think? So what I think of this episode? Ah, uh, I... This, it's kind of like a disturbing propaganda in a way that like every show needs a Christmas episode if it's an American television program. It's it's a it's interesting, you know. I'm I'm not like an anti-Christmas person. I'm not an anti-religious person. It, but I am. I do find just the the sort of interesting American culture aspect of we must put the Christmas in all of the things. I find that fascinating. And and this was uh, the way it's done here. I think what was kind of cool about it is. Uh, they frame it more as the Christmas element gets them there, like a reason for them to be there. But it's a really, there's a really kind of genuine message behind it. And there's a lot of wonderful hijinks and, and uh, uh, both comedy and musical numbers that uh, happen in this. And um, yeah, it's, it is, I guess, despite itself, it's quite good. Um, a lot of it, I think, does come from the fact that it's directed by Howard Storm, who's done some really good work in the season so far. And uh, David Duclon, who did, um, who also was the, the co-writer of Look Before You Leap, um, coming back for this episode, I think helps a lot because there's something very genuine and very human about it. Um, I, I am somewhat disappointed though that it, it didn't turn out to be an Agatha Christie Agatha Christie episode when Lenny goes like, "Oh, maybe he's planning to murder us." So, but I can live with that. Yeah, I can live with that. Everybody blindly slaughtering each other for this episode. <laughs> this kind of takes the place of the Shots Talent Show episode this season in a lot of ways. We don't get a Shots Talent Show episode this season probably because it was produced back-to-back with season one, so they didn't have a lot of time to prepare or write such a thing. So we end up with this Christmas episode, and it's a very interesting episode in the way that it tries to address mental health. It tries to say, hey, look, these people are human beings. Treat them like human beings. Don't be a jerk about it. 
But on the other hand, also mills jokes out of them. So, like, it's 50 of one, 40 of another, you know? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, you're trying to make a great statement. You're, the show makes a really nice statement. It really does. About how yeah. important yeah. it is to treat people like people. Even if, you know, they, they're severely depressed, even though they have depressed, you know, schizophrenia or you know, manic depression or whatever. Yeah. Or even just like in the case of like, um, or even Mr. Pulper, you yeah. know, he's, it's what he likes to yeah. do. It's like, it's a weird kind of comfort thing for him in a way to yeah. be, pretend to be someone else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the show tries to, um, brown Shirley's fear of this whole situation in something relatable and understandable. Sometimes it doesn't make her look very nice. Yeah, you know, it makes her look flawed and complex. It doesn't make her look like the best person that she's so afraid of these people are going to murder. Send her, she's going to be stuck in the hospital forever. And it's also, I think, also interesting in the time of the 70s, this is after One Floor of the yeah. Cuckoo's Nest had come out, and how the... Because that was when I think the perce- perception of people in mental institutions was yes. starting to change in the way it was pr- portrayed in media. Um, this is after films like Sam Fuller's Shock Corridor had also come out, which showed, you know, the trauma with which people can be, uh, can undergo when they're in, in an institution that is abusive. And it's interesting that, you know, being said in the late fifties, this episode is also kind of talking, I think in some respects about the perception of mental health yeah. that was before the 20th century as well. This idea that, well, anyone that was there, you know, they're, they're a monster or they deserve to be there or something exactly. like that. And exactly. it's. And so that's, I think, the, uh, as you're saying, I think that's the catch with Shirley is they're trying to show that fear yeah. or to show that perspective. Yeah. And yeah, it, it doesn't, it kind of weakens her characterization in the episode because it makes her so completely one-sided yeah. as to being all fear, all anxiety, yeah. all aggression. And and yet, you know, Laverne's able to adapt pretty quickly. I mean, she, yeah. she that wonderful little flirting, you know, with uh, um, with the, oh God, I can't remember his, his name, but the, uh, the, the guy who's... Um, you know, has this nice reveal, but you know, yeah. it's, it's just, and that's the thing. He's a guy who's just got like kind of an odd tick, but it's someone who's just trying to kind of yeah. keep it in check. He's trying to get treatment for it. And he's, you know, he's generally a nice guy. And Laverne sees yeah. into that and sees that about yeah. him and, you know, yeah. she, she adapts and it's, it's so, I mean, isn't it even, if, okay. So what is Edna dressed up as at the party? I have no, they cut her scene out, didn't they? They did. <laughs> They completely cut her number out because she is dressed up for something and she performs, but it is not in this edit that made it to the DVD. And once again, come on, CBS, stop this. Stop this syndication edits. This is what, this becomes extremely obvious. She's just out there with her costume for no reason. I have no idea what she's dressed as. No idea at all. Yeah, because... Because part of me wonders, is that meant to be the Mad Hatter or the uh, the rabbit, the white rabbit in Alice Possibly. in Wonderland? Possibly. Uh, the yeah. show does do a Alice in, Wonder- uh, Alice in Wonderland pastiche later. Oh. Yeah. In season three. We will, we will see an interesting side of everybody when that happens. But yep. Um, yep. I don't know who it's actually supposed to be. Viewers, if you know, tell us. Because, you know, we've only got these DVDs to work from at the moment. We would like complete edits, CBS. Come on. Please. It's pon- ponying up, man. Please. Listen, we, we already spent Put the money on, on these stream. all these DVDs and we yeah. we paid we would pay to buy them again just so we can get these full 
edits yeah. of the show. Yeah. Do it. But I bought season eight for you people. Season eight. Yeah. Season eight. And so anyway, but back on track to the, the episode itself. I mean, with the 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 themes at the very, at the very least, what I did like is that the 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 characters in the in the this the the health center, the hospital, are they're cute, they're really cute and funny. Even the the little girl, the young woman who's staring at Shirley, you kind of begin to realize that it's almost like this weird like I think she just thinks that Shirley's really pretty, and she just yeah. like just wants a little bit of attention and acknowledgement. Yeah. And she's kind of shy. She's just really, really shy, like clinically, you know, chronically, clinically shy. Yeah. And, um, and Mr. Pulper is a hoot. And as I mentioned, the, the guy with his gestures with Laverne is, is, is adorable. Um, and, you know, there's there's a there's a lightness to it. Even the, even the guy who's kind of like being a little creepy with Frank at the very end. It, there's a there's an interesting yeah. like back and forth between them. You can kind of see in the background action um, in the wide shot. It. I mean, this is unfortunately a bit patronizing, but it does kind of look at it in the way of like almost trying to like say you're relating to it the way you relate to a child, and you have to like sort of put things at yeah. their level, which I which I don't advise. I really don't want to treat anyone in that way, you know, to dumb anything down. The energy of the person you're you're speaking to, you're interacting with. What is their energy? Where is their their sort of their line? And trying to meet them on that line, you know, and and trying yeah. to meet them halfway wherever they are at. The Shirley thing is the part where it kind of falls, you know, because it, it doesn't even really resolve until the yeah. very end of the episode. And it kind of feels yeah. like too late yeah. to have like a Dear Diary segment to rectify yeah. the what what was done. Yeah. So they kind of have to just have everybody have a moment of brotherhood and sisterhood and personhood where everybody gets together and they sing Silent Night, which happens in so many sitcoms. Silent Night is the big ca- emotional capper. Every single Christmas episode, Christmas sitcom episode in the universe, yep. I swear. Yep. But, um, but yeah, that's how they end it. They kind of go, oh yeah, everybody's, everybody's a person, everybody's a human being. And then the funny thing is the way uh, they kind of have, everybody kind of meets someone among this group of patients that they can relate to, mm-hmm. except for Lenny and Squiggy, who become a fascination to the doctor, right. the judge. Uh, yeah, they don't necessarily meet a patient. They meet a, a specialist that is very, very interested in their... Yeah. <laughs> in their existence, in their habits. Right. So we get a lot... We do get, like, three numbers here that are intact. One of them, drummed by Mr. Gary Marshall himself. Yep. In the background. Yep. Good old Gary. Uh, whenever there's a big important episode, he's usually back there drumming away. Happens on Happy Days. Happens on the Vern Shirley. I do not know if he shows up in Morphin Mini to drum away, but I'm sure he must have at some point because I have not, you know, seen that show in a long, long time. Mm. I have to say that my absolute favorite out of all of them is probably the girls. Um, they're little. Um, Merit man, yeah. the the, uh, the the Winter Wonderland piece with the uh... yes, their piece the, the, with their drum majorette. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great moment. It's a great it's a great bit. The choreography the choreography is is fantastic. Their delivery is great. Yeah, it's 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 one of the highlights I think of the season so far is seeing them do. It's really seeing all three of the different numbers in this episode. Is you know them the tap dancing. Um, I'm kind of torn if I prefer. The Winter Wonderland or the Lenny and the Squid Tones because I love the song. The song is so dark. It's so dark. I I love it. 
and it's and it's it's perfect you know very yeah. traditional comedy uh, rock song you know or folk song yeah yeah a lot of the lenny and squigtones music is kind of really really it's sardonic obviously and it's playing with those tropes of 1950s rock and 1960s rock music right 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 but here they're just taking apart the uh, sad Christmas tale and just taking it and chunkifying it, absolutely chunkifying it, by telling the story of how they stumbled in and meet a down his luck Santa who dies. And mm-hmm. It was depressing. In case you guys are wondering, by the way, this song was indeed a regular Christmas staple on the Dr. Demento show. So, oh, I bet. Yeah, listen. that 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 oh, does yeah. not surprise me. Well, uh, Starcrossed and Night After Night were on the show a lot too. So, mm-hmm. and Michael and David did host an episode of the show in character at some point. And I don't know if that audio exists somewhere, but I hope it does. I really hope it does because it must have been a time. But yeah, that is this isn't my favorite um, one of the Squirtones song. Even though I named the podcast after Night After Night, that's not my favorite Lady in the song either. My favorite is Falling About I'd Have Listened to Mama, mm. which is really, really great. And it really tears the roof off. And we get to hear that one at the Last Shots Talent Show. Ah, okay. So that's coming up. That's, co- that's seasons ahead of us. Seasons and seasons ahead of us. But that's a darn good little song. It's a, it's a fun song. Uh, and the performance, the way they do it. I loved uh, the way there's that little bit of music and Lenny plays it. And then Sweetie so looks down at him and he's, he's like, is he supposed to start singing or not? And they just kind of go, uh, and they you know, play a little bit more. And yeah, they start yep, yep. Yeah, that, yeah, I look, and that's a very, it's such a classic comedy, comedy song yeah. bit. Yeah, it's very dumb. It's very dumb because they're not entirely mm-hmm. synchronized. Organized or synchronized yes yeah perfect yeah but it's it's yeah i mean it's it's really it's good shows it's good comedy there's um yeah there's there's some uh, the the dialogue through this episode is fantastic and i think as yeah. we're, we we said you know i've looked before you leap is that you know declan and and uh deborah and uh, who co-wrote that episode um really like nail the uh the 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 mixture of you know com- comedy and emotion and yeah. um and I think that it's a, it's actually, you know, pulled off really well here, especially with the conclusion um, with Mr. Palper. Um, I have some notes on that actor, by the way. Yeah, it was Roger Garrett. Um, it was a, it, it looks like it was a comedic uh, or character actor that was in some other television. I love how he delivers that really moving speech about everybody, you know, they just, they, you know, they're people and they're, they have problems yeah. and that's why they're there because they're trying to help, you know, they're trying to get better. And then he gives yeah. them this, the, the scroll, which is all the signatures. And of course, it's all these, you know, famous people in history. Yeah. And that's the, and, and he goes, yeah, what? I was just trying to make sure they knew we still had a sense of humor, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah. that, that kind of sums it up, sums up the sort of the tone balance of the episode, and even the, the numbers themselves, like they have that, you know, they're funny and goofy. And then you get the sad Santa song and, you know, which really makes yeah. me curious if the bit for Edna was cut and what it was and. Yeah, oh, like part of me wonders, like, was it like some weird like um, uh, stand-up routine or something yeah. like that? That might have been it. Uh, 
She, her alpha kind of suggests maybe Frosty the Snowman. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm very curious. I am tired of cut the things getting cut out of the show. I always get tired of how they edit these shows for syndication. It's so awful. Yeah. I have an actual note about that because something does happen before they go to the hospital. Where Carmine talks them all into it. And it says, for some reason, Lenny hands Mrs. B something. Money. Fucking Cindy Eddie's. <laughs> that's exactly what it says. And that's how I feel. And I still don't know what the heck he's handing her or why he's handing her that thing. Hmm. Hmm. But we have to mention Howard Hassman doing some yeoman-style work here. Being a badass mm. and just totally anchoring the episode in seriousness. Considering what he does elsewhere in other sitcoms... It's interesting seeing him kind of like acting as a point of gravitas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just bouncing off everybody's goofiness and kind of being the center of uh, calmness and uh, adult behavior. Because they definitely needed some adult behavior considering, you know, this is yeah. This yeah. group. Yeah. This, this group yeah. needs an adult, including the adults. Yes. 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 They are all adults. They're all children, cleverly disguised adults in a lot of ways. <laughs> That's what makes them great. Yep. And actually, but, on that yeah. note, I, I I forgot to uh, to actually cover Howard Hessman. Yeah, he does some really great work. His his delivery, his deadpan, his timing is great. Um, yeah. Shout out to him as as an actor, also. You know, because because uh, here's another piece of trivia. He also was in Billy Jack. And, no way. And huh. uh, he was even also in Shampoo. He was also in uh, an episode of Beretta. But he also was in Flight of the Navigator. And one of the yeah. more recent roles he did is, uh, <laughs> go figure, Rob Zombie snuck him into his second Halloween movie. Because huh. of, of course he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot. There is at least one other Laverne Shirley alumni in uh, Zombies canon. Um, the uh, eventual Rhonda Lee, who's played by Leslie Easterbrook, plays the mother of the Firefly fan in his House of oh, Thousand yeah. Corpses series. Yeah. Um, spe- uh, specifically yeah. Devil's Rejects. It was Karen Black in, in House of Thousand yes. Corpses. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. You're correct. You're correct. Yeah. You're Sorry. Correct. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure yeah, that's, no, no. I, I don't want no. angry commenters about that. <laughs> How dare you do that? Calm yeah. down, horror fandom. We're yeah. allowed to mess up sometimes. It's all good. Yep. Uh, and not to mention it was a case of they, their performances were both equally so good. It's kind of easy to mix them up, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Leslie is good. Leslie does not get enough credit. I will say that when we hit season six and season seven, that she does not get enough credit for how good she is. And she's really good. Yeah. And she's good at comedy and she's good, you know, at dramatic yeah. and she has mm. the credit for it. But yes, yeah. that's just my little dumb opinion. Anyway, when you're here for my little dumb opinions, that's why you're listening to this podcast. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. What I thought was really interesting also, uh, we actually get a call back to early in the season for Angels of Mercy. Laverne sees um, the patient come in, pretending to be a nurse. She goes, I had one of them mm-hmm. as a volunteer nurse there. Just talking mm-hmm. about the, uh, mm-hmm. the I was like, oh, wow, we get continuity. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll actually get actual continuity out of the show. Most of the time, it does. it actually does exist. There will be issues where you'll go, that's not true, or that's not how many brothers she has, or I don't think Laverne right. was that old when her mother died. Or, there's all kinds of stuff going on there. The inconsistencies will continue until morale no longer gives a crap. Yeah. Well, in this episode, they actually play the theme song to start towards the end of the last number. 
So it's just, which comes out, no, I, that's such a, a wink to the audience and a fourth wall break. Right. Because you get, you, you get them all just, you know, playing along and singing their hearts out. All of a sudden, well, theme song. Jerry's playing his heart mm. on it, but jeesh, this should not be happening. Stop breaking the fourth wall like that, guys. Right. Yeah, it's like in Mr. S- in MST3K, there was there there actually is a bit when they see the moon, and it's like, oh hey, it's the MST3K logo, and it's like, Tom, you're not supposed to know that. <laughs> uh, I remember that well. Oh, speaking of the callbacks, I do have my note about the other one of uh, I hear my mother calling me, and when Laverne chases after Shirley, she goes, her mother lives in California, and uh, that was another, another nice yep, little yep, yep, nod. Yep, yep. So that makes me wonder if Duclan, you know, especially given that he, you know, he and Deborah put also so much work into look before you leave. If the, if he was one of those few people, you know, this is a conjecture, obviously, but yeah. I wonder if he was one of the few people who was like, you know, we, we do have established characters. We could use these yeah. details, you know. Yeah. Uh, the show needed a Bible sometimes. And sometimes yeah. It, yeah. they get it yeah. just right. Sometimes they mess it up. Sometimes it is a disaster. Sometimes it's perfect. Any show in that era, even some of the highest acclaimed shows, will have mess ups in them when it comes to like strong linear canon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like even like stuff like the Golden Girls, where they completely miss out on how many children one of them will have. Oh boy, uh, that's who, a big one. Or or who uh, or how many uh, married not how many marriages, uh, whether or not someone is adopted. Or all kinds of different things like that. And wow. Yeah. Wow. And it, wow. it doesn't make the show less great, but when you watch it all on the line, you go, hey, you missed that. You missed that. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much everything, I think. Yeah, I mean, all the, I mean, I've, I've got my you know, little stuff I love to point out, you know, just the dialogue, yeah. the comedic dialogue is really good. Like, you know, when Laverne gets a check, it's like, and you took it? Well, it's why not? It's made out to Tootsie Baby, you know? It's <laughs> cute. There's some really cute lines like that. There's the, um, uh, oh gosh, what was that? There was another one here. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm looking through my notes. Where is this one? Oh, the bit at the beginning with Lenny and Squiggy and what they did to Carmine's car. Yes. And uh, it's like, you're not mad? No. Wait till you see what I did to your truck. And yeah. my thought of me is like, that's a company car, Carmine? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He gets revenge on them. They, they're in double trouble because that car doesn't belong to them. That truck yep. does not. It's company property. Yep. They should have done what they did with Carmine's car. Jesus Christ. Goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Jeez, boys. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, um, the... Uh, the other note, um, speaking of just, you know, ex- uh, examples of power is um, my mother had this comment that, wow, Penny is strong when she picked up Cindy on her shoulders yes. and then does is rotating the batons and kicking at the same yes. time. That's, well, that's okay. how strong she was. She was an incredibly physically strong woman. You yep, kind of get was- amazed at this level of stunt work. You said it before, we'll say it again. Uh, she literally picks up almost everybody in the cast at some point or another Man. during the show. I know big, she picks up Michael at one point. God, a big, strong woman like that. I'm surprised she yeah. didn't end up in the new She-Ra series. <laughs> strong woman. Tough yeah. woman. Badasses. Badasses everywhere. Yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. So, yeah, what, what do you think of you, uh, what you're, what you give in this episode? This one is right around, oh, it's right around a six for me. Uh, 
the numbers boy it uh boys number especially that's legendary this clips again get your dvds or find the show on me tv or find the show on logo look at that clip listen to that song it's a lot of fun it's, uh, it's a hoot yeah the whole the, the individual performances are great the message is beautifully delivered and carmine gets that great uh that great tap dancing number oh, two yeah, oh yeah yeah we should mention that how good Carmine is and how good Eddie Necka is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just goes for it. You forget mm-hmm. how talented he is when it comes to dance. Uh, yep. he, he, yeah. he, I was just going to quickly say, you even notice there's a couple of cases, the first leap in particular, he barely makes it. Yeah. Like you can tell, like he really nearly seriously injured himself there. He, he uh, has like years and years and years and years and years of dance training. Uh, he started in the theater. He went back to the theater after the show ended. And he um, idolized Gene Kelly as a kid. That's, so that's obvious. You can, yeah, you can see a lot of Gene Kelly in the style. A lot of Gene Kelly. So, in this number in particular, but a lot, lot, lot more numbers coming up. You'll be able to notice that. But yeah, he does very well in his number. So, uh, the message is strong. There's a couple of details that pull it down for me. Um, maybe it needs a little bit, and it felt like it needed like a little bit more meat on those bones narratively. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not perfect, but it's good. Yeah, I think I think about the same. Yeah, about a six. Um, yeah, it just kind of fluctuates and a little buoyant. Like it goes a little higher because the boys are great, you know, with their song yeah. and uh, Eddie's bit is really good. Yeah, the, all the music numbers yeah. kind of. Almost like a six point five, or get you know crazy yeah. decimal with like a six point two point, it's a six point twenty five, or six point six point three seven, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a it's a good time. It's a solid episode. But yeah, the things that bring it down, I just feel is yeah, I think it's it's a little sparse. I'm not a fan of Christmas episodes in general, um, especially watching them out of season. So it's like, I like watching seasonal episodes in that season, all in that block. So it always means that it's harder for me to rate those episodes higher um, because of the, the timing aspect that's involved there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of really good material. Everyone gets a great bit. Everyone gets a great line. Um, they're, they're really, and as, as you were saying before, is like, you know, the, you really kind of get to see the whole kind of group cast dynamic a little yeah. better here. And there's this wonderful, like, strangely meta aspect of them giving the show to an actual audience while also filming it with an actual live audience, probably past yeah. that. And I'm curious how this was shot. Was it shot in a soundstage without the typical live audience, which I think they mentioned it was it was filmed before a studio audience. And so if that's the case, and that means that there was an audience and then an actual, like, extras audience yeah. in front. And yeah. I'm curious, like, even how they staged some of that because they had to put in walls for the back and things like that. So just, yeah. it's a... There's some aspects like that that, for me as a filmmaker, is like, it's like, ooh, that's like stuff to focus on, stuff to think about. But yeah, well, it's a, Laverne, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's it's good stuff. That was that was my last point. Yeah, Laverne Shirley, they filmed the dress rehearsal just in case anything happened, somebody got hurt on tape day because it's an extremely physical show, and they also would tape the uh, on tape day, obviously, and sometimes they'd edit those two lots of footage together to get the best take. Um. And- I'm pretty I do sure wonder if they... that's. Oh, I'm, I'm oh. so I'm so sorry. I I, I walked no, all no. over you. No, no, that's okay. Go, go, go. Oh, just gonna say, I wonder if that's how they also were able to get some of the insert shots and in some of the their scenes. Yeah, that's pretty likely. 
it's pretty likely that that's how they managed to uh, edit around everything, get a full episode together. Mm. Considering how chaotic the show could be, definitely something like, something like a combination of all of those all those things. Yeah, the the coalescing of the contents that is the editing process. Yes. So I'd say this is a cute Christmas episode. Yeah. The Hugh Christmas episode is not my favorite. I like Come All Ye Bums better, which is coming up as the next Christmas episode. Mm. And I guess that's it. That's all. Cool. Thank you for this episode. Cool. And a quick, uh, so I guess we'll give ourselves a quick word to our sponsors out there. All right. Yes. Excellent. I think that covers everything for today. So. Um, every, anyways, you know, everybody, thank you so much once more for joining us on night after night. If you would like to know more, please uh, reach out to us at night after night PC on Twitter. We're also at night after night pod on Facebook, Tumblr, Patreon, and uh, WordPress as well. So if you would like to, uh, keep in touch and check on things and, uh, you know, just be, just join us, join us, please join us. Won't you uh, on this, this wonderful journey of sitcom magic. And uh, we're we're putting this. We're probably going to end up having this episode out, you know, well before Christmas, and yet it will be in the middle of the, the yeah. Xmas uh, uh, season of decorations over all the stores. So we uh, wish all of you well out there um, in in that uh, trudging through the the commercialist hell and uh, things like that. At least I do, because I, I I worked I worked that a couple of years ago. Yeah. That was a an experience. Have a happy holiday when it gets to, gets to you. You're part of the world. You're part of the universe. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy winter. Mm-hmm. This long, 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 long year. Enjoy yourself in some fashion. Yeah, we, we, we're recording these in the summer and we hope that, you yeah. know, ahead of time. So we really hope that by the time these episodes come out that the year will have slowed, will have sped up or slowed down to such an extent that it does not feel like it's going on for 50 million freaking years. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I was going to ask, actually, I was going to even ask, you know, Lisa, if you, you had felt that maybe our signal, our podcast would be reaching so far beyond the internet that it'd be heard by the Omicronians on Omicron Percy I-8. Ah. However... I get the feeling that we're already in that middle of the journey on this orb we're on. So, uh, so yeah, I, I just, I don't even know where I'm going with this anymore. I just, the world is, is, is bleak. And that's why we need Christmas episodes like this. Why will the podcasters not speak simply about the girls with the skirts? Why must they speak about the angst outside the door? I tune in for the goofy men with the jackets and the hair. My terrible friend. That's that. That is that is good, good, good. I did not realize you you minored in Omicronian studies. Oh God, I'm so bad. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy your holiday, folks. Your holidays when you get it. This is gonna be Halloween. You're gonna have Halloween next. Halloween is on a Saturday this year, so enjoy your yeah. Halloween. Yep. Maybe a nice Halloween and enjoy eggnog while you're. Looking at the moon and avoiding werewolves. Actually, you know, actually, that being said, man, some of those Halloween candies with some eggnog would be freaking awesome. I've actually never tried that, and I bet you it would be great. Yeah. yeah oh, dude, Reese's them. Pieces? Uh, God. How about some? Oh, my God. I'm totally doing that. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm actually going to go do that right now. See you, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.